Hey, good afternoon, and welcome to SWAT Radio. Wow, that was a <laughs> that was a fun transition. Uh, it's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. Welcome to SWAT Radio. It is Thursday, May 11th, and I'm glad that you can join us today. If you've uh, been following uh, SWAT Radio for a while, uh, then you know on Thursdays it's our guest day, and we usually have people who are having a significant impact for the kingdom people who are following the commands of Christ and uh, living out a life of uh, sharing the gospel, discipling others. And um, today I'm really excited to have Mitchell Jackson. Uh, Mitchell is uh, from the Denton, Texas area. And I met Mitchell at Denton Bible Church where my friend and mentor Tommy Nelson uh, is the senior pastor and uh, I've actually have several different friends that know Mitchell and highly recommended that uh, we have him on the radio today, and, or at least sometime. And I'm just glad he was able to make some time to be here today. And so without further ado, Mitchell, welcome to SWAT Radio. How are you doing today? Hey, Doug, I'm doing great. Oops, here I am. You've been wanting to get me, so you got me. Well, it here. took us a little while, didn't it, to get connected? <laughs> yeah, 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 it did. You know, that's how wine is sometimes. It takes a while, but it, it, it jumps out real nice. <laughs> well, I'm really glad that uh, we have you on uh, the air today. And, you know, I just had a chance to visit with you a little bit. I can just tell you, uh, if you're out there in the audience, just the first time I was around Mitchell uh, at Denton Bible, uh, there was uh, just this countenance about him uh, as somebody who loves the Lord. And that's what the guys that recommended him to me really were commenting on. And uh, Mitchell, I know that it hasn't always been that way with you, but it has been that way for a little while. And I always like to let our listeners hear the story of people, of how God brings people to faith and uh you um you're married uh to your sweet wife pamela you have uh five children and uh yes when you were growing up did you picture yourself as a dad of five children and you know doing what you're doing today being where you are today or did you have when you were little did you wonder what you were going to do if you're even going to be alive when you were this age yeah, I think it was, was I really going to be alive? I mean, the way I grew up, uh, I had no idea I was going to have, have uh, five children, a beautiful wife, and uh, be able to uh, be the light in the world and salt. Uh, things didn't look that hopeful for me growing up, uh, coming out of the Fisher Projects in New Orleans and growing up in poverty and being in a game. That was, uh, no, had no idea. Well, you know, uh, Mitchell, uh, you were you, you shared with me that you were in a gang. You grew up in what is now the murder capital of America. Does that surprise you about uh, the place you grew up being now the murder capital of the, the whole country? 
No, it doesn't in a sense because I grew up and uh, I know I talked to you earlier, but I've been stabbed and I've been shot at several times. So, uh, no, it doesn't surprise me. And uh, I tell you, I, I knew the grace of God. I mean, that's the thing. I think I learned the grace of God very young at that time because I probably should have been dead and gone a few other times. But but I learned the love of God, and that changed everything. But, no, that doesn't surprise me at all, Doug. Uh, uh, I, I've seen people shot, seen people got killed. So, no, I'm not surprised by it. Well, you know, here here's the thing and last year by by mid-september there had already been 205 homicides not deaths Mm. homicides Mm. in new orleans Mm. uh and and like in compared to even just a few years earlier uh, they saw almost a hundred percent increase in shootings. Now we're talking about the Big Easy. We're talking about New Orleans. That's where you grew up, and growing up there, you've already mentioned that you were in a gang. Um, why, why were you in a gang? What was it like growing up there? What What did you, you know? I mean, you were sharing with me earlier that you were actually uh, shining shoes in the French quarter as a 12, 12 year old. Was that your idea? Yeah. Was you doing it to do, I mean, like, how did that come about? Well, it was interesting how it came about as I grew up. Uh, yeah, the, the 12 years old, I remember shining shoes. It was, I had another cousin and it was kind of like a hustle for us. I think just to, uh, get away, try something different. And, uh, I watched people's shoes being shined before and I thought we could do that. And so we made a two-by-four, put them to put their feet on. We made the plywood to make a little deal and another little box to put the stuff in there. And and uh, that, that, we, that we crossed through. We lived over in the cutoff, which is a Fisher Project area, and we'd have to catch the ferry on our bikes, and then we would park our bikes. And and uh, I got a chance to meet a lot of people that way. I would, uh, I would shine their shoes for a quarter. I had to do one feet at a time. For all you listeners out there, it had to be real quick because <laughs> they would put the one foot over there and had to balance themselves. And a lot of times, they would, a lot of them had too much to drink and you had to kind of deal with it. But you had to be real, you know, about a quick spit shine. Hmm. That was something I did. But uh, I, I, I liked it. It was good. It had me meet people. And it kept me out of a lot of trouble, too, because I was able to have a little money and, and do things. And, uh, and yeah, it, I, I go back to think about that now, Doug. Uh, to see the God's grace in that. And when, 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 wait, when did, when were you, like, when were you born, Mentor? What, what year were you born in? I was born in the Charity Hospital, downtown New Orleans. A lot of people in the United States have been born in that hospital. Yeah. It's a free hospital. I was born uh, January 27, 1962. All right, so you were born down in 62. And so you mentioned yes. the Fisher Projects. If you didn't grow up around New Orleans or if you didn't grow up in, in the – like I grew up in Mississippi, you might not know about the Fisher Projects. But back in – especially like when you would have been around 12, all right, um, during that time, that was considered a very dangerous area. There were a lot of uh, murders there. Um it, it was not a nice area to live in, was it, brother? No, it was not. It was all about survival. And uh, like I said, I remember telling you, in the gang I was with, you literally, one of the things to be in the gang, you had to get tattoos. 
And I, I think I talked to you earlier about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was that was that was the you had to have a tattoo. And I remember the guys I was in the game. They either mm-hmm. put some symbol or they put their girlfriends. And the only thing I can remember was uh, I had my mom on one arm and my dad initially on the other arm. My dad was JC, so I put JC. And my mom's name was Alice Jackson, <laughs> so the other arm I had HJ, and that's what I had. And uh, I never remember seeing them. They were. Not happy about that, but I told him, Mom, this is for you, and Dad, this is for you. So mm. it worked out well, well. But yeah, it was very dangerous. I tell you, it was, it was. Uh, again, I, I I knew the grace of God, Doug, because there were so many times I should have been killed. Mm. Well, but God, but, 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 but God, God, right? But God. Well, you, but God. Yeah, you, um, <laughs> you were uh, sharing with me that you did not, even though you you loved your mom and dad. You didn't grow up in a home with a mom and dad that were really teaching you the Bible, really discipling you. Uh, in fact, y- you you didn't really have a good grounding from your parents, but it was your grandmother, wasn't it, that uh, really spoke yes. into your life about Jesus? Yes, it was my grandmother. Why everything was all hell breaking loose. My mom did her thing, my dad did his thing, and it was all they gambled on Friday nights, every Friday night, and that was my grandmother mm. ready for church every Sunday morning. Mm. And uh, she was such inspiration, such light in the midst of all that darkness, because she was in that area, too, where it was so dangerous. But God protected her. And, yes, I remember her with us ready for church on Sunday morning. And uh, a lot of times she walked, and nobody gave her a ride. She walked to get to the Second Baptist Missionary Church. Mm. Uh, and she got there, and she was a big inspiration mm-hmm. in my life. I thank God for all the time. My grandma Lily, man. Oh, what was her oh, name? You're making me choke up a little bit, Dougie. Uh, her name was Lily Mae Jackson. Lily Mae. You know, I, yeah, just when you were sharing about that, you know what immediately popped into my mind, Mitchell, was... Paul's words to Timothy when he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith that first dwelt in your grandmother, Lois. Uh, Isn't isn't that a beautiful gift of God to give a a family member, a grandmother that will speak into your life when your parents won't? You know, sometimes that is so good. You know, sometimes it is your grandparents, and for you grandparents that may be listening, and you you may have some children that are really not walking with the Lord right now. They may not be making you know really good choices about the things they're doing in their life, and it you know you can't be afraid to speak hope into your grandchildren's life. Love those grandchildren in the name of Jesus. Teach them about Jesus. Yeah. Even if they, they, you may think they're blowing you off, but they're going to hear it from you. They're going to hear it from yeah. somebody. And uh, if you are a believer, you have a responsibility first to your family. You have to speak to your family. So praise God for Lily that she did that to you, Mitchell, because here you are, some you know, 60 years later almost, still walking with the Lord. And, uh, you know, she spoke into your life, but even though she was speaking into your life, you didn't really heed what she was saying until you were in your mid twenties, right? Yes. Actually 26 years old. Yes. 26 years old. And so, so prior to 26, 
So let's say from the high school time period until 26, you were in that what I call the cone of confusion years, <laughs> because yes, you know that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, you, you know, that's and a good you, way of putting it. you know how you know how I get that, Mitchell. I was a pilot in the military, and what you, when you're flying in the military, uh, you you would be flying by your instruments, and there would be the the tower at the field. When you would get close to that, your instruments would go really crazy, and you just had to trust that you were going in the right direction, looking at true north and looking at the you know what it had said before because you were in what's called wow. the cone of confusion. And a lot of times wow. kids between 15 and 25 go through that as they're going into adulthood. They so want their own independence. They want their own ability to choose. And they're so close, but yet they 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 blow off the parents it's like things are going crazy so when we come back from the break we got a break here we're going to break to um uh, for our sponsors i want i want you to tell what happened when god got a hold of your life at 26 years old and how radically that changed you not because somebody was telling you what to do but because the holy spirit was leading you what to do okay Oh, wow, man. Amen. What a great illustration, Doug, on that. Wow. Yeah. So when we come back, listen, we're going to be hang hang on through the break. We're going to be right back with more of Mitchell Jackson. By the way, if you're in the Dallas area ever, you're traveling out there, you want a good detail on your car, you can look up Mitchell, and I'll give you his contact information before we finish the program today. Mitchell, great to have you on. We're going to be right back after this break. Stay tuned to SWAT Radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. Kids need boundaries. No matter how hard they try to tell you they don't need rules, it isn't true. Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. A lack of limits has a tendency to produce a child that's selfish, demanding, and aggressively controlling. Here's an analogy. A glass of milk is a good thing, but take away the limits of the glass and all you get is spilled milk and that good stuff is wasted. Take a look at the limits around your team. Are they sturdy? Are they fair? If the rules are too confining, your team will push right through them. If they're too weak, you're training your child to be selfish and demanding. Is there any spilled milk around your home? It's time to pour a fresh glass. When all else fails, moms and dads turn to Mark Gregston for help. 
Equip yourself with the wisdom you need to succeed at ParentingTodaysTeens.org. The Florida-Georgia Truth Network, on the air in Mandarin at 91.7. Why you ever chose me has always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I belong at the end of the line. Will all the other not quite? Will all the never get it right? But it turns out they're the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just a nobody. I'm just a nobody. I love that song. Isn't that a good song, Mitchell? We're just a bunch of nobodies trying to tell everybody about the somebody. Don't tell everybody (laughs) about somebody. Yes. I love that song. I'm just a nobody. Yeah. Well, Mitchell, thank you so much. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, I was talking about, I want to make sure I got your place right. It's M&M Detailing. Isn't it the one on Pace Drive? Is that right? Or no? Yes. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes, so if you are if you're out in Denton, you're listening to this on the podcast or whatever, uh, Pace Drive. Although he's pretty busy because he does a great job. He's got a great reputation. M and M detailing, and uh, you can uh, reach out to him if you're out there. But Mitchell, again, I want to go back to growing up. You're in in that cone of confusion. You, you know doing everything from a little gang stuff to survive. You're kind of in the survival mode. And then at 26, you are working at a Denny's, right? You're working at a restaurant as a cook. Yes. And and you're, you're an angry cook, aren't you? You're not happy about that. Yeah, I was, (laughs) yeah, I was pretty bad. uh, I tell you, had a bad temper. Just, uh, it was terrible, really terrible. Uh, and and all of a sudden you go to this church called the Church on the Rock up in Carrollton and yeah. everything changed. That was your Damascus Road, wasn't it? That was my Damascus Road. Yeah. That is, that is so accurate. <laughs> yeah, so tell us what happened. You you go to church that night and and you hear the gospel. You've heard it before, but you hear it and something changes and you surrender to the Lord. What happened after that night of surrender? I could tell you that, but let me go back just a little bit quick on the backside of that, Doug, because when I grew up before I got that 15 to 25, that cone you talk about, I knew the grace of God then. I knew because I was supposed to have been dead, but the grace of God kept me. But it didn't do any, it, it didn't do anything because I just went from one area. After I got out of the gang, then I started just from 15 to 25, just doing whatever I want to, angry, just living it out, just doing crazy stuff, acting crazy, getting drunk, parties, you name it. That's what I went through. It didn't change me, but the grace of God was there. And then it got to that point where you ride Damascus Road. Hmm. I was I, I was riding on 35, and I just I pulled off on a Sunday night. I went in that church, Church on the Rock in Carrollton, Texas, right off 35 in Beltline, and I went in that place. And I heard the gospel. Hmm. Didn't listen to it. Didn't go all the jumping and shouting. But I heard this time. And I think, you know, faith comes by hearing. Mm-hmm. And I heard the gospel. And I walked down that aisle uh, when I surrendered. 
I thought my life was over with. I had surrendered. I said, oh, he's got me now. I actually literally <laughs> thought I was going right to Jesus. Seriously. I thought I was actually going right to Jesus. Wouldn't, hey, what, by the way, by the way, Mitchell, that that wouldn't be a bad thing, would it? <laughs> that would have no, been a it good been a bad thing. <laughs> I was ready because I had gave this other life up. So mm-hmm. I said, "He got me mm-hmm. now. I'm going to him." And I tell you, Doug, I got home that night. It was Sunday night, and all that stuff I was pouring in those nightclubs and all that. Uh, me and Mrs. Jones got a thing going on. If loving you is wrong, I don't. All those songs, man, I took them. Trash ran Monday morning. I got home Sunday night about 10 o'clock, and I put all those things in a big old black trash bag. And there was albums. There was eight-track tapes, 45s. They went in a big old trash bag, and there was plenty of them. And I put them on the curve. Mm -hmm. And I had to be to work that that Monday morning at Denny's Restaurant in Denton, Texas. But when I get there, Doug, I don't know what's going on. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm heavy, just like I was convicted when I got home about the music. Mm-hmm. Well, I get the, when I get to Denny's that morning, I'm heavy. Something's not right. And I'll share the story later what happened. But as I get to Denny's, the lady named Miss Walker was the manager. And I get there at 545, and I said, Miss Walker, I need to talk to you. And, oh, my goodness, she gets nervous because she knows how I was, cussing, throwing stuff, threatened to quit, all kind of stuff. So she she got a big old cup of coffee, I mean an extra big cup, and she folded that thing up with coffee. And she goes into the office, and I see her peeping out the door, and I'm looking, and she finally calls me in about five minutes later. Hmm. And I get in the door, and I go in the office. I said, uh, I said, Ms. Walker, I said, ma'am, please forgive me. The way I act around here, the way I treat people, the way I treat you, I didn't say I was a Christian, Doug. That's why I said, well, I treat you, and I am so sorry, Miss Walker. I'm going to be the best cook I can be. I want to help you with this place, that we could be the best restaurant. Mm. And I just said, man, would you please forgive me? And uh, she had big eyes, Miss Walker. You got big eyes. But they even got more bigger. Mm. And she said, all right. And I walked out of that office, and when I went on that fry line, there was a weight that got off of me. And I didn't understand it until a year later, Doug. And I got the revelation a year later. Because hmm. uh, I was like, why did I do that? Why? What? I, nobody taught me this before. I, nobody told me about this conviction stuff. But the Holy Spirit had dealt with me. And what it, a year later, what it was, Doug, is that I couldn't go back to Denny's hmm. the way I used to go back. Well, because you were a new person, right? Yes, you, yes, but I don't know. You know, you get saved, you don't know it. Yeah, I'll figure it out later. That's what I found out why he had me do that. You didn't even know about Second Corinthians 5.17 at this point in your life. <laughs> no, I know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know what conviction was, but I was convicted. But, man, I tell you, it was a, it was a weight come off of me, and uh, it was a beautiful thing because I ended up studying the Bible with a husband in Valley View. And his name was Scott Walker. We had a good time of studying the Bible. Uh, I had a, a cooks got saved. I had a waitress got saved. And I remember one little bus boy. I don't think I talked to this earlier, but there was one little bus boy that got saved. Mm-hmm. But he never, he never. I never witnessed him. But he would always watch me go to the break room. I had that little pocket Bible, and I would go to the break room and come out. And he would always watch me. And he called me one night, and his name was Roberto. And he gave me a call. He said, I got answered the phone. I said, hello. He said, 
hello, who is this? I said, he said, this is Roberto. I said, Roberto, how you doing, man? And he said, Mitchell. I said, what, Roberto? He said, I got what you got. <laughs> and he had got saved at a little Spanish church. Oh, my god! But I'll never forget that. But he said, he said, I used to watch you. You would come in there and you would go in the break room. I would watch you go in the break room. And then I watch you come out. And I, I see, I saw, I saw you, you mucho happy. You lit up. Yeah. I kept watching. And he finally one night gave his life to the Lord. And it was a wonderful thing, man, I tell you. Well, who told you? that you needed to be reading your Bible, man. Who told you that you needed to go repent to these people that you had offended? Who who, who told you to man, do those things? It, it, it had to be the Holy Spirit, Doug. I talked to friends of mine and stuff, and they said, you the young Christians, that, you know, it had to be the Holy Spirit. He taught me that and led me, and, and like I say, you know, I hook up with Tom Nelson, people that begin to deal with me. And i tell you another thing I, I, we talked about early. When I gave all that old music up, I found that the, in, Lew- in the Vista Ridge Mall in Louisville, Texas, four or five days after I got saved, I found a little cassette play, a little cassette tape, and his last name was King. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember the first name, and he had a lot of hymns on that. And Doug, every day, I, every day, every morning, all day, I would take this cassette and put it in there, and I would wear it out with all. Of, they had a lot of songs, the Blood Song, or oh, the Blood of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because He lives. I can face tomorrow. All these songs on that. I wore that tape out so much. Mm. Listen, audience, I wore that tape out so much that it broke. Mm. And I pulled it out. And back in those days, you can unscrew the thing, right, Doug? Yes. You can unscrew it, and then you can find out where it wrinkled up at and broke, and you cut those ends on it, <laughs> and you would take that clear scotch tape, and you put those ends together, and you tape it, and you would trim it up on both sides, and you would put it back on that reel, and you would wind it back together and you would tighten it down. I got so good at the part that where it was broke at, I would be singing along with it. Oh, the blood of Jesus. <laughs> it washes white as snow. And it, just, it was a beautiful thing, man. It was beautiful, Doug. <laughs> oh, wow. That is funny. Well, uh, and the, you uh, you had such a desire. It just, when, when you're sharing, uh, Mitchell, I'm just thinking about what Paul wrote in Second Corinthians five. Even though you didn't know it, you didn't know that text. Paul says, "If yeah. anyone's in Christ, he's new. The old's past; the new's come." So you literally bagged up all your old music, and you're listening to music wow. that is glorifying to God. And he says in verse eighteen, and this is what. It's hard for people to understand. We think we are in control. We think we choose. We think, and we do play a part in the process of responding. But verse 18 of 2 Corinthians 5 says, all this is from God. And I think we miss that, Mitchell. I think we forget that even our faith is a gift from God. And so he brings the change. It's not Mitchell deciding I'm going to be a better person. It's God moving in his heart. And he says, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What do you do? You go right back to Miss Walker and you say, Miss Walker, I got to talk to you. And you talk to her. And, and, Mm. and, And because it's not you, it is Christ in you putting together people that were apart. And that's such a beautiful picture, Mitchell, 
of the gospel. That is, uh, you know, we're ambassadors. Beautiful. You were an ambassador, and nobody had even trained you to be an ambassador yet. So uh, that is a beautiful picture, Doug. Wow, isn't that awesome? I want to tell you a quick story. I want to tell you a quick story that happened not this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before last. Okay, wait a minute. I, I want you to wait. Okay, go ahead. We, we got a break for the news for the half hour. Tuesday before last, when we come back from the break, I want you to tell this I story. I want you to tell story. All right. So uh, we are going to break to the news uh, for about two minutes, and then we'll be back. But we have Mitchell Jackson. Would you pray for Mitchell and pray for his wife, Pamela, and his five children, yeah. that God would continue to grow their hearts for him, and uh, he would use them for his glory, just like he used Lily in Mitchell's life. We're going to be right back with more SWAT radio after the news. I hope you'll stay tuned. Mm. Kramer with Mission Network News. United States politicians lobby for more gun control in the wake of Saturday's mall shooting in Texas that left nine people dead, including the gunman. Meanwhile, protesters fill the streets in Serbia calling for government change. International Media Ministries Denise Godwin says two mass shootings last week left 17 people dead. Eight victims were children at the middle school. Pray believers in the U.S. and Serbia will share the hope of Christ with people who are surrounded by pain and darkness. Meanwhile, the World Health Organization recently ranked 55 of the world's most vulnerable national health care systems. 37 are in Africa. AMG International's Nursing College seeks to fill the health care void in Uganda. The school uses top-of-the-line equipment like electronic dummy patients. A Christ Center curriculum prepares students to follow in the footsteps of the great physician. Find your place in these stories at missionnews.org. Mission Network News is a service of One Way Ministries. I'm Ruth Kramer. No active accidents, but there is planned construction on I-95 southbound before the 295 East Beltway. That's blocking the off-ramp left lane on the north side. Also, there's congestion I-95 southbound near Emerson Street and congestion I-95 southbound near the MLK 20th Street Expressway. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 69. Friday, partly sunny, high 85. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. It's Doug McCary of His Light Ministries, and uh, it is Guest Thursday on May 11th. I'm so glad you were joining us today. And listen, we'd like to give a shout-out to uh, the stations that carry SWAT Radio in uh, Jacksonville, 91.7 The Truth. So thankful for all the people that uh, allow us to be on here in St. Augustine on 91.9, up in Folkestone, Georgia on 91.3, on the Lighthouse up in Virginia, on in the Virginia Beach and Chesapeake area, and Meridian, Mississippi on WMER and WMOX, and through our app 
and the website SWATradio.com. You can stream live and share any past program. If you just go to SWATradio.com and you can look up any past program, you can actually, as a share link, you can share it. And uh, I hope that uh, it's encouraging to you. We certainly are thankful to be able to share uh, guests like Mitchell and others who've been on here and then the truth of God's word. And uh, Mitchell, welcome back. I'm, I'm glad you can be with us today. And uh, we're talking to Mitchell Jackson from Denton, Texas. Uh, Mitchell is in the detail business. He does a great job out there. He has five children and uh, he was getting ready to tell us a story um, that basically he was going to tell us last Tuesday. What happened last Tuesday? Yes, Doug, when you mentioned about how uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, how every man in Christ, a new creation, how the old past and the new comes, and then 18, how he reconciles. Literally, I know I was working last Tuesday, uh, May the 4th, had a young man, he was in this area, uh, marketing exterminated uh, stuff for uh, bugs and stuff, and his name was Ryan, got a chance to meet him, and I was working, he come, talked with him a couple of times, he come back again, he goes and he said, can I use the restroom? I said, yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure I shared something with him with the gospel. I don't remember. I just remember encouraging him and telling him he's going to do well what he's doing. And I think one time I told him the Lord loves him or whatever, and he kind of went with his group. And all of a sudden, uh, he comes back about 830 that night. He comes back and got to know my name. I got to know his name. And, and he said, uh, he's searching, you know. And he started talking different things, how he was searching. And I began just to open the scriptures to him. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, Doug, for about 30 minutes, I was opening the scriptures, just sharing how the grace of God, how you could come to God, how God loves you, how God cares for you, mm-hmm. how uh, God so loves you. And I'm just sharing scriptures with him. And he got to a point, he's 21 years old, and he surrendered on my front porch. Mm-hmm. He bowed and he gave his life to Christ. But before that, he was kind of like my lifestyle, mm. running the streets, doing this here, and all of a sudden. But he said he saw something in my life, mm. and that's why he kept coming back. He said the way I was talking, the way God was just drawing him, and I didn't know. Mm. And so I got my wife out, and we got on the porch, and he gave his life to the Lord. Mm. We got him a Bible. Give it to him. Mm. And it's 930 now, Doug. Mm. And I go across the street, and I knock on the door. I just got a new guy that's come to the Lord. His name is John. I knock on his door. His wife's pregnant. I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing this, though, but I go knock on his door. I say, John, the guy just gave his life, gave his life to the Lord. You come and talk to him. And so John comes over and talk with him after that, and he prays with him. And next thing you know, John talks to him. He said, where are you from? Hmm. And he said, I'm from this place outside of Chicago. And it was exactly the place where John is from. And now I understood why God wanted me to go knock on his door. Because I was like, wow, I'm going to knock on his door at 930. You never know how God works, right? And God had worked it out because he knew they were from the same area. Mm-hmm. And so the young kid got even more inspired. Mm-hmm. And so they hooked up and got numbers, and they've been talking to each other all week, and I've been talking to him. But it goes to show you what you just said earlier, how God is working. And- how do I would have known that. A guy outside of Chicago while I'm working, he comes by selling stuff, and he comes by again to use the restroom. But you realize something. He realized a different life mm-hmm. is living right before him. 
and he wants to come back. Mm. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I wanted to share that with you. No, that's a beautiful story. And I really, I appreciate you sharing that story, Mitchell, because, mm. you know, it, it's a reminder that we should always be ready to give a defense for the oh. hope that's in us. Always. Wow. You know, we, mm. that's why that's written. <laughs> God wrote yeah. that to remind us. Listen, he says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once Amen. you were a people, you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Isn't it cool to be one of God's people? <laughs> Oh, it's cool. It's yeah. so good. What got me and my wife was just so touched by it because here's a guy outside of Chicago. He's on a mission doing some stuff, secular stuff, worldly stuff, and then God gets a hold of him, and God just used me as a vessel just mm -hmm. to be able to speak and encourage him, and now he comes back three different times. On the third time, now he comes back, and he has some things to say. He said he's been with these different gods and all that, and I was sharing with him, and one time he said, you know, your truth and Somebody else could be truth. And I'll never forget when I told him, no, if somebody says they truth and the other person says they truth, I said, if it ain't God's truth, it's not true at all. And that really touched him when I said that. Mm. Because some people say that's your truth, another person says that's your truth. But you know what? If it's not God's truth, it's not true at all. Well, because God's truth is tested over time, and there yeah. has never been a historical or archaeological discovery that has dismissed or discredited any of God's word. God's word has That's withstood right. tons of scrutiny over the last 2,000 years. And that truth has remained evident. In fact, Mitchell, I really believe that our country was founded on these principles of God's truth. And that's why we flourished for as long as we have but we have dismissed these truths now. We've dismissed yes, these we values, yeah. and we We're starting from them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we have we have hit a tipping point, uh, like Tommy says, mm. that um, yes. that I believe that as God's remnant, we better be the light that He's called us to be for the people that want to jump off that ship that's going down because the ship that you and I have known as America for the last, you know, at least 50 years of our life, it's headed for a shipwreck. You know, the apostle Paul was on a rapidly. ship and he was going down and he said, listen, I, I, I am here trying to tell you guys what to do. Turn back, turn back. Don't go this yeah. way. And, and yeah. the people that listen to Paul, you know, eventually, the, that all 276, Tommy believes all 276 trusted Christ because Paul were yeah. asked for them all, and it says they all were encouraged and they were saved. But just like Paul was on that ship that was going down, the ship of our country, as we know it, is going down. And we know it is. We see it falling around us. I mean, like, in your lifetime, you grew up in New Orleans. You know what it was like growing up in a tough part of the, the world in a tough part of your town. But have you ever seen it as divisive as you've seen it in the last few years, Mitchell, in our country? Oh, I haven't. This is really, I tell you, I was just talking about that last night, and I was just weeping how rapidly it's happening now. 
how rapidly we're turning away. And there's this holes everywhere. There's holes everywhere in the ship yeah. in our country. And we have turned away from we turned away from the living God. And, uh, mm-hmm. man, I tell you what, we definitely need. We need a second Chronicles mm. again yeah. in our country. We need a second Chronicles. Well, you know, we when people to turn back. Well, when Paul, when Paul wrote Timothy, his young protege, he tells him, yeah. Timothy, in the last days, people are going to be lovers mm. of self. They're going to be lovers mm. of money. They're going to be proud. They're going to be arrogant. They're going to be abusive. Yeah. They're going to be disobedient to their parents. They don't need to listen to the parents. They got iPhones, right? They don't need to listen anymore. And that's exactly where we are as a country. They're going to be ungrateful. They're going to be unholy. They're going to be heartless. Does this sound like our culture? (laughs) They're going to be slanderous. Yeah, they're going to be without self-control. They're going to be brutal. They're not going to love good. They're going to be treacherous. They're going to be reckless. They're going to be swollen with pride. They're going to be lovers yeah. of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Lovers of God. Having yeah. the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. If that doesn't describe our culture, I don't know in the Bible another place that better describes it than that right there. It, it describes it to the T, Dougie. And that's why I say us as the, as the remnant light of the world, we have to... You know, Jesus said occupied till he returned. He didn't say be preoccupied. Yeah, that's right. That's what we, we, we say occupy. He said don't be preoccupied. I see so much people that are preoccupied. Yeah. And I think Tommy had a good deal about how the enemy can get you busy. Yep. He can get you off track. He can get all kinds of things to do it. And I wrote an article the other day that got a lot of people called me and talked to me about. And I said, remember, it's not about tickling your ears. But yeah, it's about convicting your heart. Yeah, well, listen, we're coming back from this last break. I want to, I want to go down that road. All right, hey, you're listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be right back with our last segment with Mitchell Jackson from Denton, Texas. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida. They are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards. 904-580-7255. That's 904-480-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. That's guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group. Happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. Today on Making Your Life Count, you know, reading and meditating 
on even a familiar passage of scripture can sometimes touch you in a fresh way. And that's exactly what happened to Carla Bianco. I was reading Isaiah 43 and Psalm 139, and I, I just remember especially the line about, you are honored and precious in my sight and I love you. And I just meditated on those words and it really sunk into my heart. I was so overwhelmed with just amazement. I could not believe this God that created the entire universe loved me that way. We are called to dwell richly in God's word. Meditating on a passage is a great way to do that. Maybe you'd like to know more about scripture meditation. If so, go to makingyourlifecount.com. The Florida Georgia Truth Network on the air in Riverside at 91. Hey, welcome back to uh, SWAT Radio. Um, AJ, I'm not hearing myself. Hold on just a second. Let me see if I got something wrong. There it is. Sorry. I bumped my own uh, volume, and I thought it, it's kind of weird. Uh, uh, Jack Mitchell, when <laughs> when you're in the studio, sometimes mm-hmm. it, like you get so used to hearing your, your the the you know the the vo- your own voice in your ear and the other person yeah. talking that when it goes silent. <laughs> You're like, and and I bumped, I bumped the volume all the way down, so I couldn't hear, and it sounds like it's like you don't have any hearing. It's kind of weird, uh, but anyway, <laughs> hey, thanks for uh, hanging with us again and uh, being here. And we were talking, actually, I'd quoted from Second Timothy, and I found it interesting that you wanted to bring up an article you wrote uh, about uh, another part of Second Timothy where Paul tells. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I was going to go to this place anyway, Mitchell, because Paul lays wow. out to Timothy what he said, right, about the last days. Yeah. But yeah. Paul didn't give up. He said, Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who's the judge of the living and the dead, by his appearing in his kingdom, to preach the word. Be ready yeah. in season and out. Reprove, rebuke, yeah. exhort. And he says... The time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but they're going to have itching ears and will have teachers that basically they want to tickle them. So that's what you were talking about. Talk about your article real quick, where you wanted to go. It was a good lead in because I was going to go there anyway. Tickling your ears. Yeah. Tell us about this article. What did you read? Yeah. Ain't that amazing how God works that way? Here I am. Let's see. It's amazing how God does that. He does that through the day with me, man. He's a detail or something. But yes, you're right. Even why we got all the evil going on, and this is the thing that really breaks my heart, is with the churches. And I'm not trying to put anybody down, but I hope they can listen to me carefully. The churches, it's time to quit playing church, but it's time to be the church. It's time to be the body of Christ in the earth. It's time for us to be his body in the earth, and he's supposed to be the head of us. 
And so when we have churches that just get these programs and stuff, and all of a sudden it's the, the people just hear a little nice sermon, but nothing changed. And they walk, they go through the whole week, and nothing changed in their life. They live the same life. They slip back in church. Nothing changed. And what happened is they get where their ears get to be tickling. Yeah. And we don't need our ears tickled. We need our hearts convicted. Yes, we do. I got to say that again, Doug. Hmm. We do not need our ears tickled. Mm-hmm. But we need our hearts convicted, mm-hmm. and uh, we 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 have to go because we in these days right now was just running rapid now, and uh, it's like I, that kid last week. God has the people ready, but he he needs to have us ready. We need to be the salt mm-hmm. and the light in the earth. Uh-huh. I got a quick story. I don't know how much time I got, but no, I had a deal. You got about you got time, man. You tell me your story. I want to hear it. <laughs> I know. I got to hear this story because I shared this with the Bible study. I had a guy who was leaving Bible study, and I did something, and he gave me the finger, man. He what? I'm talking, he, I'm talking, he, gave me, he gave me that middle finger. I can't say the word, but he gave me that middle finger. At a Bible he study? Finger like that. No, when I was leaving the Bible study, I was going to Walmart. After oh, oh study, after a Bible I on, study. I got you. Yeah, after a Bible study, I got on University and 380 there. I was turning to go to Walmart, and I guess something happened. He gave me the finger. I don't know, something I did or whatever. But you know what I did? I waved at him. As he gave me the finger, he did the middle part, and I took the whole hand and just waved at him. <laughs> and the guys followed me. And I said, oh, Lord. He followed me. I said, now, this guy followed me. I get to the next light, next light. I finally turn to Walmart, and he jumps out of his car. And I get out, and he said, he, said, he said, man, what's going on with you? I said, what you mean? He said, I gave you this finger, and you waved at me. I said, oh, I see. I said, oh. I said, oh, no, man, I don't want to do that. I said, I'm going to go in Walmart and be in a bad mood, and I'm going to go home and be in bad with my wife and children. I said, I didn't want to do that. I said, And he said, usually when I do that, the other person do that, and we're home. Hmm. I said, no, man. I said, no, I, 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 I want to bless you, man. Wow. I don't want to curse you. And as I'm doing this, Doug, he gets convicted. Hmm. Wow. He never had that kind of experience before. He met in, he messed around and met the salt and light of the earth. Hmm. <laughs> the light instead of the darkness. Mm. And God began to minister to him right there because I wouldn't give him the finger, but I gave him a wave offering. Well, you were telling me you were telling me about a, a couple that was oh, yeah. was put off because you have a little more melanin in your skin than they did and they didn't like you for because you were yeah. outgoing and you were you you were a little yeah. darker than they were. <laughs> and you were I telling really me this Tell me about this again, so our listeners can hear what you, what happened. Yeah, listeners, this yeah, I uh, I was a new believer, uh, probably ninety days, and you know, you know, I was so excited about the Lord God, so loved the world. I, as first verse I knew is John three sixteen, and boy, I shared that. I shared that well with. Oh, you know how God so loved you, He gave His only begotten Son. If you believe in Him, you don't perish, but you have everlasting life. And then they didn't like that, but they didn't like my skin color because they told me, and they said they don't have anything to do with me. Mm. And I remember this. Mm. I said, you know what? You don't have anything to do with me, but I'm going to pray for you, mm. and I love you. And I remember saying, you can't do nothing about me loving you and praying for you. You can do stuff about not wanting to be around me and stuff, but you can't do nothing about those two things. And, Doug, I was sincere. It wasn't just words. I'll never forget this. I remember at night I would get on my knees, mm. and I said, oh, God. I know you love them. Oh, God, help them, Lord God. I don't know what the deal is, Lord, but just help them, Lord. Just touch their lives. 
I'm just lifting them up before you, Lord. And I would see them two or three times during the week, and I would just wave at them, and they would duck their heads, Doug. Mm. And I would, again, I would pray. I remember praying within that 60, 90 days. I don't know how many times I prayed, but it wasn't talk. It was, it was, it was really sincere heart. Mm-hmm. And one day, I'll never forget this, Doug. There was a knock at my door. And that was this couple. I opened the door, and they lunged and began to hug me and put their arms and began to squeeze me, and they began to weep. Mm. And they repented. Mm. And the Lord just showed me, what about if I would have been doing evil for evil and say, oh, yeah, I don't care if you don't like my skin. I don't care about this. I hate you, too. What if I did that, Doug? Mm. I don't think I would have had those results. But by me praying and walking in the love of God, God changed their hearts. Mm. You know, Mitchell, that reminds that, that that reminds he me. Said, love your enemies. Yeah. He well, he he says you've heard yeah. it say love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I yeah. say love your enemies yeah. and pray for those. You know, you remind me, Mitchell, of a, a story. There was a, a young guy in Kazakhstan named Peter. And uh, Peter uh, was a new believer. He got kicked out of his family because they were Muslim because he became a follower of Jesus. And he was learning how to teach the Bible. He was going to a Bible college uh, that we were doing over there for for young believers and discipling them. And he was walking to the, the classes one day with a group of about six guys. And he, he got jumped by a gang and they wanted his jacket. Oh. And they started beating these boys. And as they were beating Peter, he was just going, bless you, bless you, bless you. Oh. He was saying bless you in his language. And, oh. and, and, and they beat him into a coma. And they actually oh. took him to the hospital. He didn't remember anything. When he came to in the co- uh, hospital a day or two later, his friends were like, why were you blessing them? Why were you saying the bless you, bless you? We don't, what was going on? And they said, he, he didn't know a lot of the Bible, but he knew that he said, when people curse you, you bless them. And he oh. was doing that as they were beating him, man. And I just, I think mm. of you praying for these people. I think of that guy flipping you off and you waving at him. And it shows mm. the heart of the master is in you. And that's what we all oh. need. Boy, could you imagine, Mitchell, just for a second, mm-hmm. if every church that professed the name of Jesus, if the believers there had that attitude, how it would transform this country uh, it, oh, it, it, with all the churches. Oh, but like God. you said, not everybody who says they follow Jesus really follows Jesus. And they don't really follow him. No, Man. and and it's sad. But yeah. you know what? I'm so glad you do. Uh, I know mm. you're involved with uh, Freedom House out there in prison ministry. Yeah. And um, and I, I just want to ask our listeners, would you lift Mitchell up as he goes in to prisons out there? He's been going into prison since 1990. And he is, yeah, he's been going out there and discipling. He is going through Freedom Houses, which is a ministry uh, that helps get guys off the street. 
And I just yes. thank you so much, Mitchell, for joining us today. Our time has come to an end. It seems like we just started, doesn't it? I believe it. <laughs> I know. It seems like it's been 20 minutes, Doug. Yeah. And uh, another thing I want to say real quick, give me five seconds. Yeah, hey, you, we got to quit ending sermons. When the church ends, it should be when the church finishes off, it should be, be to be continued. Yes. That's what it should be. The service should end. The service should be, be continued. Because mm-hmm. to, be, to be continued means now i got to take it from the church and take it to my home and take it to the highways and the byways and my job. Mm-hmm. That's to be continued. Just like when a good movie you like, remember, Doug, and they put that be continued. Yeah. You remember how you anticipated? Uh-huh. You remember how that next week, how you were there, you couldn't wait to get the deal on? Well, that's where we need to be in the church right now. We need to have the sermons from these pastors, the Word of God to come forward, to hit our hearts. And not the end, but to be continued in our lives as we walk out those church doors yep. and we get on our journey. It needs to be continued, Doug. Yeah, well, you know, that's why, Mitchell, I believe that Luke, when he finished Acts, he finished with this verse, yeah. pro- Paul proclaiming the kingdom of God, teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. That's how he ended it. He didn't end it by saying Paul got beheaded. He ended it saying what he was doing and we are to continue. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, our time's at an 